Welcome back to the Nullified Take channel here on YouTube, where we've got the TNT takes for you on the Challenge Australia Week 3, Episodes 5 and 6. That's right, I'm your host Chris, and with me again tonight is BK Kahuna. Happy Chris. How you doing, mate? Very good, sir. Thank you for having me back, and it's good to be back with another week of the Challenge Australia. Some amazing things happening, not necessarily in the ratings, though. No, and <laughs> we will get into that. I mean, listen... I just said to you before we went live, you said you're really enjoying the season. I said to you, I can kind of see why some people are not tuning in week in and week out. Um, and we'll talk about all of that because there's a few things that have put me off from the show a little bit as well, watching it this season. But one thing that is for certain is I love getting on the podcast. I still have the enthusiasm to talk about the show because I get to talk about it with you and you've got yes, great sir. takes on the show. I've really enjoyed talking to you about the challenge Australia so far. And I love the fact that for once I'm podcasting with someone that is higher on the show than what I am. <laughs> yeah, I'll defend it. I'll defend it. If we go out, I'll defend it. But I'm, I'm happy to be podcasting, obviously, about a show that I enjoy. Um, but yeah, very much, very much a defender of the show as it takes its last gassing breath. I'll hold its hand and see it into the cold night. <laughs> it has been absolutely brutal out there for people who are lovers of the challenge and the challenge australia i'm going to bring up an article that i saw just before we went live today um and it is on tvblackbox.com.au if you want to go look that up yourself oh, no. it says the challenge australia <laughs> bumped uh, yes again to 10 shakes following further decline in ratings basically says that the show's now been moved to even later um, and not in prime time moving forward it, it started at 7 30 p.m in australian eastern standard time but it's now moved to 8 30 and 9 30 p.m moving forward for episodes seven and eight and the big reason for that kahuna you kind of alluded to it is because the numbers just isn't there it has dropped all the way down for episode five to 96,000 people watching it, and then episode six, 72,000 people watching it, Kahuna. So, I mean, I just don't it's see... It's just us. It's just us. Me and you are the, the audience for this show, apparently. Yep. That's and nothing. 72,000. And the 200 or 300 listeners that we get weekly listening to the recaps, um, that hasn't gone away yet. And we thank everybody for persevering and um, being here with us as we continue to cover the show. But, uh, yeah, it's, Seven, it's not 70,000, they could have taken all the viewers... And put them in the stadium from episode one where they're, where they're running around and just do it as a live event instead of on TV. You can just sell tickets and then mm. now you've got 70,000 seats and no TV show because that's about how many people are watching it, which is... Again, I'm going to I'm gonna hit on it, Kahuna. I'm going to continue to hit on this. I think personally that the cast, the people that are in the show, they're from a different show. They're from love shows. They're from that messiness, which they've brought some of that element to the challenge, which we've known traditionally the challenge have had that back in the day. But mm. the challenge has evolved into a new thing, and they see themselves as a different competition. They see themselves as a reality TV competitive show. You know, they want to be seen as a sport. I think it's called the fifth or sixth sport over in the US now. Um, and I think that the same people that like seeing some of these people on MasterChef or on Bachelor and things, they just don't, they're, they're not interested or tuning in for this. They don't have that cult following that is going to follow them to any show that is out there. And they're advertising and marketing this thing as like the next Big Brother and Survivor. Even on all the articles that I see, they're saying the challenge is like Big Brother and uh, Survivor mixed together. Well, why didn't you put more Big Brother and Survivor players on the show? Because people would have tuned in if you had them on the show. I think they failed in 
the casting department, sadly. Yeah. Look, as I said, I'll defend the show because I think you have to, it, it depends on what context or what view or what lens you're looking at it through, right? If you're right, if if they're what they're telling us through their actions as far as advertising it to the competition-based reality show, the more survivor skew as opposed to the bachelor skew, then they did the casting wrong, right? Where I say it's good and I defend it is because for those that aren't familiar with the challenge traditionally, this is the challenge. That's what it was. That's what it what. That's how they filmed it. They get all that drama, and that was the point of it because it wasn't trying to be Survivor. It was the challenge. And if you're trying to be Survivor, you can. I think that the format is there to be able to do something really powerful against the more competition-based reality shows, but they're not choosing to go down that path with the cast. And you're right. I, I 100% agree with you. But it doesn't necessarily mean to me that it's bad. It's just not what – it's missing the audience. It's missing and, the And mark. to me, it's crazy. I'm just going to say it's absolutely crazy that this thing is missing an audience for me because – when you look at Australia, it's a sport-loving country. People go crazy for sports. And if you're marketing yeah. it as this reality TV meets sports type of thing, you know, look at the Socceroos who just won against Denmark against all odds, and they're going into the final yes, 16 yes. in the FIFA World Cup. You know, well done to the Socceroos. But the country is going mad for that. And soccer is not even a top sport, as I'm far as I'm aware. I don't know if it's in your top five over in Australia. So it's pretty impressive to see them go to the – that probably not, actually. Yeah, so it's pretty it, impressive yeah. to see them get there and to see the country get behind it. So I feel like clearly the marketing is not right. Clearly people are not connecting with the people that are on the show. And this is not taking a dig at um, some of these people. But, you know, the more likable and strategic people, they're, uh, they're few and far between in my mind at this stage. And there was a lot of drama that happened this week. Some of it not so good. And there's been some leaks online yeah, about – I was going to say there's been some leaks online – on some of the things that may have happened behind the scenes as well. And we'll talk about that a little bit. It's allegations at this stage. Um, but it, apparently we only saw a very snippet of some of the drama that took place. Okay. Well, I'm interested. I haven't seen the leaks, so please fill me in on all of that stuff. Well, let's get into it. We're going to start off with the Challenge Australia Episode 5. Uh, Connor is tired of being underestimated. He's just won in the elimination with Megan getting back into the house, and he's tired of people underestimating him and thinking that he's a weak link. Um, so he gets back into the house, and this was a big week for Connor, right? Yeah, I mean, last week I sort of made a, a comment about how it's funny he thinks he's a powerhouse after winning that one daily, and then he backs it up with an elimination. Which yeah. you know is a huge week for for someone like kind of who, um, yeah, he's constantly on the ropes apparently, and, and people wanted to put him in because they think he's weak, and now he's showing that that might not necessarily be the case. Depends on the challenge, of course, but or the the game itself in the arena. But it seems that so far stuff has been working out for him. Yeah, well, who would have thought anything that's got to do with a little bit of brains and memory and things like that? They did buddy blinders here in this first episode where mm. they had to run. I believe it was half a kilometer or something back and forth that they had to run. And they had to balance on a beam. One person balanced on the beam and the other one had to memorize the order of the different colors um, within the blinds. And then they had to run back and do it. And that's what him and Brittany kind of dominate at in this episode and wins against all odds. I think it really showed a lot about other potential people and how much they may struggle at memory challenges, which is going to be frequent when they participate in the global showpiece. 100%. I mean, that's the thing that makes the challenge great is it does have the multifaceted. You have to be versatile and adaptable and be able to do different things. And even though Connor might not exhibit what 
other people think are strengths. He's showing that when it comes to things like puzzles, yeah, he's he's going to be in there. I mean, and it showed the the complete opposite end. Grant is one of the bigger, more physical guys on the show. Maybe not like he's not the most cut or whatever, but he's a big dude. Uh, it's certainly a physical guy. And just with Brooke B, who is probably not quite that, but just the complete lack of communication, ignoring each other, and it shows that it doesn't – it has the opposite effect, if you will. Yeah, I almost feel like Grant at this stage is almost like a Fessy 2.0, and he's unable to work with his partners, or especially with Brooke, he's not willing to work with her, and he's wanting to take control, but he's not telling her what he's doing. He's not utilizing Brooke's brains in this situation, and this whole episode, it was... I believe pretty condescending of Grant to just underestimate Brooke for her, you know, wanting to be there and things like that. I mean, where is his social awareness when it comes to this? Not everybody reacts the same way. Not everybody is outwardly excited about being on the show. Like she's a bit of an introvert. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, they really pushed the, the Grant agenda to us here because there was also this scene, I believe it was in this episode or the next episode where he talks to his family back home and he's there for his kids and all this kind of thing. But um, there's definitely a little bit of a condescending attitude from Grant that I'm seeing. So I feel like he's a bit like a fessy. Yeah. I don't know if it's because, you know, the lines are drawn very clearly in the house and he's on the wrong side of it at the moment, as far as the numbers go. And it might just be part of that fight or flight. And we've seen it in shows before where if you're in the minority, they usually kind of just like, it always strikes me. I'm like, you need to be doing stuff to win now and, mm. and maybe ingratiate yourself. Maybe those lines are too deep, but you got to try something. And Brooke B's on the bachelor side, Brooke B's your partner in this game. And if you don't want to come last, when you know you haven't got the numbers, then you got to work with her, right? And if make you're not going to win the challenge, you got to make friends at least, and maybe she'll protect you. In like that's a slim hope, that's a hail mary for sure. But you got nothing else, right? And instead, a lot of the times, what they do is they just lash out, like they're, they're the ones that are in the losing position and they don't know how to handle that, so they they strike out and it just makes it worse. You know, what did you think of this whole bedroom underdog, you know, story that we were being told here? And the Batchies, even Grant here in the beginning, not Grant, um, Ryan in the beginning says, the Batchie group are all a bunch of bullies and they like ganging up on people, was one of his first comments. And I thought it was pretty rich from him coming up that there are the bullies in this situation because he does some pretty deplorable things later on in this week. Yeah, I mean... It's two teams, right? Like, it is what it is. When you're playing a game and when you're playing, like, most sports have a team against a team. This mixes it up and this team's getting mixed up all the time. But when you have alliances, the lines are drawn. And it's mm. not, I don't think they're being bullies in sticking with no, their friends, They're being right? smart. They're being smart. And considering that they are from The Bachelor, they're actually playing a dominant team strategy here. Yeah, I'm impressed. I mean, like, yeah. listen... Is the Batchy group exciting and entertaining to watch? No. They're boring in my mind at this stage, but they're winning the game at this point. And the more interesting mm. people, the people with a little bit of fire under them, they are losing. But in my mind, they're not necessarily that likable at this stage either. By calling people bullies, by taking the righteous high ground, like we're the good people, I that I, strategy just never works for me when it comes to a game show. Yeah, I guess it's easy to be a little bit more chill when you're in the winning seat though, isn't it? When you're not as worried, you don't you, like as far as being able to put on good TV, 
like when they're when they're relaxed and not as stressed they're not going to be throwing out the drama as much as like if you're on the ropes and really struggling and mm. scampering but again i didn't see them like doing a lot to kind of dissuade or you know although mm. emily did emily emily certainly tried at the at the barbecue which we will get into that in a second, but just before we move away from the challenge itself, one of the comments that stood out for me was Kiki's in this one. Mm. Uh, she mentioned here that she can remember an argument with her boyfriend from three years ago, but she's not good at any other type of memory challenge. And no, I'll tell you what, I've, last night. <laughs> I've dated a few Kikis in my life, Kahuna. It's never a pleasant thing when the girlfriend calls out something from like eons ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about that time? What about, that, what about time? that time? You know, it's it's when you know. It's when you know you've walked into a trap, you've done something wrong, and the receipts are being called on you. And um, I th I just thought that was really funny. It was a it was a bit more of a lighthearted moment and a bunch of some dark moments throughout these two episodes. But that was quite funny. Over overall, like we said, Connor and Brittany they win. So Brittany suddenly is in power. Up until this point, she's really been non-existent, but she's going to come back to play a bit of a part here in this episode. Um, but then, more importantly, the team that comes in last is Brooke B and Grant, and a lot of that's got to do with the fact that they just don't have chemistry. They just can't communicate, and I don't think it was because Brooke B didn't really try. I just think Grant was being a bit of a grunt and not really listening and being a great partner in this situation, um, which is going to come back to bite him because a lot of people notice that. Connor noticed that. Um, Brooke Jowett is starting to notice that Brooke B is being treated in a bad way and she's good friends with Brooke B. Um, overall, Grant just seems to be come, and I think, especially at the end of this week, he's going to be enemy, enemy number one because he's got literally no one left in the game. Yeah, it seems to be what they like strive for or something. I don't, I don't know. Like they, they, that underdog thing that you mentioned, they seem to really latch onto it and not just like, like own it, but like lean into it and like make it even worse. I'm going to make myself an even more of an underdog, if you will. So I don't know. I, I don't get the strategy. But again, we're talking about your whole thing about casting is that they're not from a strategic background necessarily. So the best strategic players at this point are the likes of your Brooke Jowitz, your Troys, your uh, Marley's, the ones sitting in the middle, not taking bullets. By mostly bullets. staying quiet, right? Like by, by yeah. staying out of the way of the two teams that are firing at each other. Yeah. They just, they Will just... they have enough numbers though? That's that's my fear. Yeah. That's 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 my fear, and we'll talk about the decisions that are going to get made here because there was an opportunity for at least Troy to go in a different direction um, when we talk about the next episode. So we'll talk about that a little bit, and if that was mm -hmm. the right decision. But um, at the deliberation over here, uh, Brittany and uh, Connor they're being very fair and open towards uh, the likes of Brookby and Grant, and they say, "Listen." We're not going to beat around the bush. It's going to be Ryan and Sugar. We don't have an alliance with them. So they're going to go in against you. All the other people we've got, we're working with to a certain degree. And um, Grant comes in with a plan here that he didn't tell Brooke about beforehand. And so he spoke to Emily beforehand. And they talk about you know, who Connor has to link up with next and saying that there's some weaker players still left in the game. And they can take a shot at them rather than taking a shot at two very strong players at this stage, um, which I think if this was the USA, the Challenge USA really had that strategy of making sure that the men don't get linked up with weaker females or vice versa, if you think about some of the people they were targeting. But it's interesting because it doesn't seem like this bothers Connor at all. Yeah, I mean, he's probably not thinking that far down the road, right? I don't know if he is, like, because right now, like, the Channel 10 
graphics team did a good job of pointing out to us that every single team had an alliance member for them to except for ryan and sugar so it, like it is it was very obvious and maybe it didn't like grant came out of there after pulling out his notebook and plan and to like selling them amway and stuff and trying to get their signature on the on the deal that he was making and he said i i pointed out to them i said everything and i don't they're not going for it and i just think it was too like they're not they once maybe once that alliance is gone completely they'll start thinking but right now they're just so one-minded bedroom alliance get them out ryan's an asshole get them out <laughs> you know what i mean they're just they're not thinking what it means down the road they're just like this is my immediate challenge right in front of me this is my obstacle these are the people that are trying to get me out so i'm going to get them out yeah well i mean connor did say here he's very confident he's coming off a win he's won an elimination he said i'm not you and uh, to the confessional he's not saying this to grant because he's got mm. brains but he's saying to the <laughs> when he talks to the confessional when he's a talking head he says I can play with other people. I'm a great partner. I'm not like you, Grant. I don't need to have, you know, strong women with me. I can work with anyone, you know? So that's his pitch. Um, if that's going to be a winning pitch, if he go does get into the main show in the US, I don't know. Because there was a few times here where I kind of agreed with Grant and especially Emily, who seems to be a gamer. Because let's be honest, this wasn't Grant's plan. This was Emily's plan. She wrote it down. Yeah. Emily, I think, would do extremely well in the challenge in the US. But I just don't think that these are Australians are playing that strategic game at this point and again it comes down to the fact it's because of who they've cast and this is the first season ever when the US have seen many a seasons and some players have come back for 10 15 seasons but I think Emily would fit in well in the US based on what I'm seeing so far yeah I mean that that's a very different beast to deal with altogether when someone is playing a game that doesn't necessarily know how to play it like mm. I, I love playing poker and if you've ever played with someone that doesn't know how to play poker and they're just completely wild and unpredictable like that's not how strategy works like why why did you do that like that's not how it works and yeah. it's hard to counter something that you don't know what they're gonna do right i play ga board games with with my kids i got a four-year-old son that's just mental and he'll do just the most random thing i'm like i don't even know what to do to this and maybe there's an <laughs> element of that to their game that, that it is their first time not from any kind of strategic game in the in the past going up against a brook jowitz and you know these people that are really looking at the game itself and they're just they're still in like we say that but they're winning right so i don't i don't i don't know how it well how it's the, well out, but i feel i feel low at this stage on the chances of australia doing really well at the global showpiece if the batchy group is going to be the ones that are going to go there i think that they're getting it too easy they're running with it at the moment and they're not really numbers playing from behind yeah so if, if they don't have the numbers and if they go up against some of the legends like a johnny bananas and a wes and a ct and some of those guys when it comes to the global showpiece or even a danny and a sarah lacina I'm sorry. I, I really think Australia is going to struggle at this point, yeah. but that's not to the fault of the people that are winning right now. This is to the fault of just some of the decisions being made. I, I'm a little bit amused by it. You know, I think that for me personally, Emily, why she gets so frustrated at the barbecue is the fact that she is playing a perfect game. Her strategy is making sense. And in, in fact, that if that was something that she pitched in the US, I think they would have gotten somewhere, but she's getting frustrated because she's watched the show. Like you said, she knows how people are supposed to react to good strategy, but they're not reacting in yeah, that. I mean, no, no. 
I don't, I don't know about if that was necessarily a good strategy to time and place for some of those conversations is what is, is just as important as what you say, right? Mm. And maybe doing it there in front of everyone. Like, of course, we see it in survivors. No, well. no, no, no. Ever, so any... Let me correct. Let me just correct what I what I meant by that. I meant the fact that she had the perfect plan for Grant to go pitch at the deliberation. Now, oh, how yeah, she yeah. dealt with it at the barbecue, like, again, horrible. I understand. I understand that the frustration was boiling over and that's why she got frustrated because she's like people should listen to good strategy which they're not yes, doing yes, yes but yes, yes. okay i don't agree with how she handled that i agree with you that was terrible from her she should have yeah. but she's a champion and she's someone that's used to getting her way and now now it's not happening yeah i you can see the frustration boiling over in her as well she's just not getting why it's not working when she's she's doing the right things in her head anyway and 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 by the way, her frustration is boiling over and making Ryan very aggressive because they say they're just friends, but I feel like friends with benefits probably. Like I feel like there's some there's some <laughs> sexual tension there. Yeah, I don't know what's good. <laughs> I feel like if there was though, it's not like Channel Ten would be hiding it, right? I'm not saying it happened on the show, but I'm just saying after the show, I'm sure they, they hooked up. They're definitely friends. They're definitely friends. <laughs> How much was? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> hey, I don't know anything. Just for anybody listening to this, I don't know anything. But I do know when I see people being attracted to each other. And I do think that he got very upset because she got upset and then ended up going out there again and made the situation even worse. Lovable Nikki, good morning over there in Nikki. the States. Welcome in the live. They are very much in each other's, like, they have each other's backs strong, don't they? Yeah. You and I think it lets you like bond. Like, I mean, being in an experience like this makes you bond in a different way from meeting people in real life where you've got all these distractions and things that keep you busy. Um, I feel like that bond that they formed may have been pretty strong. But again, that's just, this is all speculation. I don't know anything in any case. But yeah, the, I mean, this is the first time that the party this week, it just didn't go well. There was a bit of an argument. Brittany tried to shut it down. Um, and I don't know, man. Like you enjoyed this drama. You enjoyed this type of drama coming out here. No, it just felt this, unnatural. No. Yeah, it did. But why didn't they have the club night? I mean, the club nights are weird now. Anyway, I guess they're not really that great. But they were like, "Oh, we're not going to the club. We're going to have a one here at the house." And yeah, yeah, that's never great. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm not down for that drama. But she she didn't need to do it then and there. And as if your your alliance aren't going to try to shut it down in some way, or step in in some way, like they just like they're literally a meter away, you mm. know. Like I don't know, it was weird. Just before the party scene, there is a is a funny moment with Marley cutting into Troy's hoodie, preparing to go out, and oh, then feeling yeah, really yeah. bad about it. <laughs> so there's still the funny moments here and there. We, we, I like this Marley and Troy bromance that's going on and the friendship they have. I do hope they both go deep into the game because they're definitely probably two of the most. Uh, maybe I, I'll put it out there. They're probably the two most likable guys to left in the game for me at this stage. Yeah, I'd say so. So you know, it'd be Ryan Van then. I, I didn't think anything he did this week was very impressive. And listen, I, I wish I had the opportunity to talk to him. Um, he was one of the people I couldn't do an exit press with this week. Uh, he had apparently internet issues. I would have loved to have talked to him and asked him some of these questions directly because obviously I have to be mindful to the fact that we only see what the edit shows us. I felt yeah. like the edit tried to make him out to be the victim, made the 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 bedroom alliance out to be the victim, and the underdogs going up against this big, mean, batchy alliance. And I just didn't see it. I just didn't see the batchy alliance being horrible to them. I saw the batchy alliance being very upfront about what they were going to do, telling them what the plan is, and them 
acting out because they're losing the game. And to me, like I told you before, I don't like that. I don't support that victim mentality. I get it's frustrating. I wasn't out there. It's easy for me to say this as someone sitting on the sidelines that is not out there playing the game. And maybe I would have acted very differently if I was out there. And sometimes you can act like an ass on TV and people remember you for that when you're truly not an ass. You're truly a great guy. But I don't think that this week reflected well on him from my point of view. The thing is as well, like it, it doesn't do anything. Like it serves no purposes, no benefit. It doesn't help your game at all. All it does is make things worse, right? Whether it's because you're, I mean, you're guaranteed to go in no matter what or while you're there, it's just icky and like, you know, stressful and tension and, and who wants to live in that kind of environment? But they, and I feel like for themselves. And I feel like he he went to that line where he took a, he he started attacking people personally, right? They're saying they're bad people, you know, they're bullies, um, you know, they're doing these bad things to us and all this kind of stuff. Like, how can you say they're bad people? They're playing a game. Mm. Like, let's just say they're they're better players than us right now. They had their alliance tied from the start, and they've won more clutch situations and built better relationships. And I'm on the outs, and it sucks. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that, that's exactly how I see those games as well. But like you said, we're not out there. Yeah. But were maybe if he were because you imagine right he's from maths, mm. uh, Ryan is from maths, which is very much driven by emotion. Like all of those, all those shows, maths is different to the Bachelorette and Bachelor, etc. But even all those shows, whether it's competition based, it's a reality show based on emotions, trying to find love, but it's all about emotion, and he's fueled by that when he should be driven by logic right now and strategy and i'm at the bottom how do i get out of here not by making more enemies or making the enemies i have even more angry you know what i mean yeah lovable nikki i'm glad you're sort of seeing this the same way i am like emily she says emily was annoying complaining about an alliance like she isn't in an alliance and <laughs> making it sound like the bachelor people are the worst people in the world for creating an alliance that's the kind of self-righteous attitude i don't like you know what you signed up for when you're going out to the game emily's a fan of the game she's seen it play out before um and again i think it's just them not handling the fact that they're losing very well and, and that's what it comes down to now i don't want to i'm not going to be one of those people that are going to attack their character outside of the game i'm just saying in the game it didn't look good i didn't like the argument i didn't like the the edit and how they were portrayed um now maybe outside of the game they're they're great people i hope they don't go through life like this in general you know it's it's a very unique situation they were losing is, the yeah. game and they were under pressure and i can appreciate that i'm not out there you're not out there kahuna um we don't know how we would react if we were losing the game in such a way i would hope i would react better than what definitely ryan did like i mean emily got a bit upset as well but you know we're going to talk about ryan because he's going to continue to spiral throughout this week um, as we go through it um let's talk a little bit about the elimination sugar and ryan they do go up against Grant and Brooke in this elimination. They have ball and chain. We saw this one over in the Challenge USA where they have to lift weighted balls up and hook it. Um, and the balls itself have got answers and all of them were Australian questions. Kahuna, if you were out there, how would you have done at this? Do you reckon you would have been pretty good at those uh, oh, questions? I smashed them. Every single one of them. Now, that I think for most Aussies, they should be pretty easy. And if not instantly like gettable, you're able to work it out pretty quickly. Like if you just do the count on your, I don't know what their issue was, but they didn't know how many capital cities there were in Australia. I was, that was the one I was the most shocked about. 
Yeah, that was the one yeah. I was the most shocked about. Now, obviously, I'm similar to Sugar, not from Australia. So, you know, it would have been difficult for me as well if I had to go and do this. I normally struggle even with the US specific ones, but I feel like the US pop culture with the US is a lot more known to people globally. So we probably would get a lot more US questions right mm. um, than what US people, I would assume, get right when they come to Australia. Imagine Johnny Bananas. He probably would think that they speak yeah, Dutch no or something yeah. in Australia. Um, but... Yeah. <laughs> but cool. Back. that's a callback for those that know that those who know <laughs> they know but um you know when you look at that i i would have probably struggled with a capital one as well because i'm so used to like new zealand's got one capital city south africa's got uh, a capital city you know most countries have got a capital city but then again with america obviously and obviously also over in australia you've got a federal um sort of state system where different states have got their own capital so i guess people who live there should have known that i've got a visitor I'm sorry about this, Chris. Uh, it's all right. Hi there, <laughs> young fan. I hope you're not. I'm um, hope you're not, you're not letting them watch the challenge. <laughs> um, no. So, so what I was going to say is, uh, you know, definitely a fun challenge. We've seen it before. Brooke B. She's struggling to p pick up the weights, but somehow they find a way to work together, make it happen. And obviously, Sugar was struggling. She was relying on Ryan on this. Ryan, oh, he was that. He Did they like long. he looked at the crowd and goes, Is anyone smart here? <laughs> like you can't <laughs> and it was funny, it was funny because throughout all of this, you can hear people shouting at at um at the likes of Brookby and Grant the answers. So they were actually helping Grant and Brookby get through this mm. as well. Like we know, this is very common in the challenge that you would be shouting for people. Uh, to increase, you know, like, to get there, to yeah. increase the chances of actually winning this. And, and there was no doubt the Grant and Brook B, those were the people that they wanted to win and um, send both Ryan and Sugar Home in this position. But um, overall, they're going to go through this thing. Conrad sitting on the sidelines is saying that it's not complicated questions. Is Conrad known as quite a smart, like you, you didn't watch the Bachelor? I don't know. I don't know if he's quite no, smart. I didn't. I don't know, but like I said, to me, they seem like for any adult, they're kind of basic knowledge. If you know what I mean, there was a baby. <laughs> yeah, that's my my beautiful baby Phoenix. Mm. Yep, Phoenix going on for a little bit of a travel. <laughs> He's just but... learned how to like start opening doors and walking. So. I just, I, I'm uh, <laughs> that's the trouble that's the troubling stage we've got to start like locking everything in the house yeah. and putting baby clips on them <laughs> if oh. he was in here he my this computer that i use my daughter uh she plays games and stuff online as well and the amount of times that he sneaks in and just because the power button is a very pretty light so he just, just turns the off. power button <laughs> mid-game mid-stream whatever she might be doing he'll just turn <laughs> it off so that's always fun yeah i can imagine Got to imagine. Um, well, I guess as we move on from this, Grant and Brookby, they do win. We do end up getting um, the the loss here for Ryan and Sugar, but Bryony comes up with a twist, which she thinks is going to be great. There's some shenanigans. There's no elimination. It's survivor here. It's, it's the survivor curse in Australia <laughs> that hits again because they've probably had in their mind a schedule of how many episodes they needed. <laughs> and... Um, what about what a what a nothing burger? I'm actually kind of interested to know how American audiences, if they've seen this episode, how they would have reacted to this. I know that in the challenge they sometimes do this thing as well, where people done, go yeah. to a redemption house or people have we have more contestants coming into the show as the show goes on. I'm never a fan of any of this messiness, to be honest. 
this one was particularly stupid because why did they do it for? There's like, no point. What if they got injured while doing it with zero point? Like, like this one wasn't particularly dangerous, but like, why? Like, why even waste the entire episode of doing that process just to do nothing? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. So, lovable Nikki, yes. Sadly, it is a thing that happens a lot in Australian reality TV where there are non-elimination weeks and a lot of it has to do with normally the production of Channel 10 have got a schedule for how many episodes they need to fill and they will have like a filler episode here or there. It's very frustrating in Survivor. It happens about two or three times sometimes in Survivor. Well, it's a little, bit, a little bit different with Survivor. It's 55 days, three episodes a week, right? Like Survivor Challenge... They're they're churning through them. They're trying to they, like they didn't need a filler episode with the, mm. the schedule they've got. You know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised they didn't edit it out to be honest. But you yeah, know, they didn't. They they showed us this, and obviously at the end of this, uh, they said that there would be some significant power um, that Connor and Brittany would get, and finally they make it you know known to everybody that Connor and Brittany will be the algorithm for the next round. Which I think, at least from that sense, Kahuna. They made up for the fact that they actually nullified, you know, from the nullified tech, they nullified Connor and Brittany's reign of power by yeah. these two people not going home. And this were their targets. That's right. Yeah, that's true. It, it, and that's what makes it feel funny as well, to be honest with you. Because it just so happened to be when Bedroom Alliance going up against mostly Bedroom Alliance and they were going to actually really wipe out a big chunk of, of that thing. And then all of a sudden they get saved by a Deus Ex Machina or Deus Ex Producer kind of thing, you know, like, yeah. So I don't know, like it, it, that's when it can feel funny. It's like, this was a little bit too convenient. So the main rivalry was about to basically get destroyed out of the house and happened to be the one episode where we saved someone, you know what I mean? Like, mm. but and then the, the one other nuance to this whole thing was that Grant and Brooke B had the, power to decide if they want to stay together and grant thinks oh, this is a great opportunity to really lay into her about how bad she is yeah <laughs> just to take a shot like why and she goes she says shots fired like we're done now you didn't need to yeah like <laughs> twist the knife like stab her with the knife and twist it why it's there's like salt, nothing to be gained and this is just pissing on the wounds. yeah this is this is just pissing people off in the house they're taking note of it and it's just bad yep. shockingly bad gameplay overall but Anyways, they do end up deciding in some new configurations here. Connor and Brittany. Co Connor and Brittany decides that Brittany and Marley will go together in the next round. Megan and Connor, Kiki and Karen, Brooke B and Conrad, Emily and Grant will be together for this next one. And then Sugar and Ryan will remain together for another round. And Troy and Brooke J is the last one that's going to make this out. So um, Sugar and Ryan clearly didn't do well in this first you know round of playing together it was a bit of a risk though because in my mind i don't know if you thought this going but sometimes when you get to have two rounds or go through two or three challenges with someone you get to know how they work and how they operate mm. so it was a bit of a risk to put sugar and ryan together i felt like for two rounds in a row uh they could have gotten a little bit of uh team cohesion going there yeah especially with uh a strong physical competitor like sugar giving you that second shot with someone that she can gel with and mold with and communicate that a little bit better they're already friends by being in the same room together and now you're allowing them that extra time to work together as well it does keep the two bedroom alliance teams if you will 
separate and targetable. So it's a it's pretty good strategy that way that way. But um, yeah, like I would I would have done the exact same thing. Maybe if it's Emily and Ryan versus Sugar and Grant, I don't know what combination. But you had to have those four together. Yeah, in some ways, I'm surprised they didn't put Emily and Ryan both together to try and get them out. But I think they were that desperate to get either one of those two out that they wanted to double Split their chances yep. of getting them out and splitting them up. Um, lovable Nikki here in the live saying, Grant is a terrible partner. Brick had the most answers correct in the elimination. I agree with you. I've gone in on Grant a little bit earlier in the live and in the podcast already. Um, uh, yeah, some of the things a bit shocking for someone uh, coming into this game playing social. He kind of reminds me, lovable Nicky, a little bit of Fessy blaming his partner um, at this stage. But again, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on him, but it's it's not looking good in any case. Because again, Brooke is a little bit of an introvert, but so far she hasn't done anything wrong, Kuna. I don't feel like she's been horrible at challenges. No, but I mean, Grant wasn't saying that she was bad. He was saying that she doesn't have any fire. He wants spark. He wants something there. And effort is such a big difference maker in a game like this. Um, I don't know. Like, it, I don't necessarily think she didn't put in effort. She was obviously trying really hard. But if that's the perception that she's giving off, like, I'm sure he's got that. But he wasn't talking to her, mate. He wasn't. Yeah, uh, he wasn't. He wasn't trying to no. work with her. So how can you make I'm sure that judgment? He's got call? no pre biases against her at all. <laughs> There's nothing going on between their history. Nothing like that. You know, he he's not uh, feeling a little bit slighted by the the downturn in their game so far. It's all just petulant child. Like it's such a catchphrase, but it's it's toxic masculinity behavior. It's mm. such like baby shit. Like you know what I mean? He's like acting like a child. Yeah. Lovable Nikki saying, yes, with three exclamation marks, Grant equals Fessy. I'll listen to the beginning afterwards with a love heart. Um, Lovable Nikki, definitely go have a listen to it if you want, but don't feel pressured. Um, I don't want to go in too much on Grant because, you know, I feel like it's been said in regards to how he's performed on this, and, and, and I've already spoken to it a little bit earlier on. But back in the house, um, we do get them talking about Brittany's birthday. And this is a special day. If you get to celebrate your birthday, being out on a reality TV show, it doesn't happen all that often. We've had some really memorable moments with birthdays in reality TV across Big Brother, across Survivor. Um, I don't know if in the challenge there's been that many memorable moments yet, but this is definitely going to go down as one of the most memorable ones because they've got this day to go out with a bus and go and celebrate Brittany's birthday. But Ryan decides... Two-story yacht. Two-story awesome. yacht. Yeah, but Ryan decides now's the time to go fisty cups, and he and Conrad they're, they're going back and forth, um, and they're wanting to fight. Where Ryan's like, You don't know how to fight, I, I'm from the streets, Conrad, you're soft, that type of thing happening there. Um, but nothing really happens, it's a nothing burger, and they cancel the trip. <laughs> I was watching, I was, I'm going, This is gonna end bad. This, and then the, as soon as I walk, channel 10. Or Burnham Murray, whatever. Editing is on point. Like, if you don't like this season or the show or whatever, sometimes no, the way they just... Editing is great. They're just chirping away, chirping away, chirping away, and then you hear the producer go, yeah, they've cancelled the trip. <laughs> Guys, you're going to have to go back inside when they get on the bus. It's just perfect. I laughed my ass off because I was like, oh, they got... And you could tell from both of them, the entire way up the driveway, like, they're not CT. Like the talking was just talking, even though they were getting close and people were in in, in between them or whatever. Th that was a bit of like, hold me back. 
there was nothing happening between these two. They're, they're both not about that, <laughs> what they were claiming. Exactly. Well, Ryan's going to get the opportunity to get physical later on, and we're going to talk about how he performed there. But, you know, he spoke it up here that he's this guy that's really physical and he's going to take him on. Um, but it didn't go really well. I, I do have – this is where I've got a little bit of tea, Kahuna. Now, I'm going to mm. say this is speculation. This is some people talking on this online on Reddit saying that they have inside information. So I don't know how true it is, but some of it seems like it could be true. So we'll just bring it up, talk about it. Um, All right, but, let's go. But, but I'm not saying that this definitely happened. So there was a person um, on Reddit that said they had some inside information that there were concerns for safety of one of the contestants. Their guess is that it was for Connor being of the LGBTQ community in regards to Ryan making death threats and physical intimidating them in regards to their sexuality. There was a lot more than what was shown regarding the bus altercation where Conrad was sticking up for them. They also heard that a security guard had to escort the contestants around the house and they banished Ryan to his room for safety. Once Ryan got safe and in that fake elimination, half the house threatened to quit the show because they were all sticking up for the contestant in danger because no one could stand being in the house with him any further. Wow. If that's true, then he should be gone automatically. Like, the, yeah. that's like doesn't matter if the, it came to violence or whatever. If he's saying that sort of stuff, violence towards because of his sexuality, then he should be gone. I agree. In, I, I couldn't instantly. agree. Yeah. And listen, listen, one thing, one thing that is good, and I'm not saying that this is true or it is not true. I don't know. But Connor actually is the first challenge contestant this season who are following us the nullify tank podcast before we even went out to go and follow and ask them to come onto the show so i am hoping that at some point i'm hoping he's listening to the show that's why he's followed i don't know how else he would know about us um, i'm hoping that i do get to speak to connor um, in the next couple of weeks hopefully after he's won the show um, but even after the whole thing is over i would love to have a chat with connor to you know sort of confirm if some of these points if he can talk to it is true and if there was more than what we saw because if this is true i think it is horrible oh mm. creamy confusion connor is actually in the live connor welcome to the live and is saying that he can confirm hey. that's true big fan that connor. crazy connor mate wow honestly, so disappointed that you had to go through shit like that on the show um and so happy that they ended up going home at the end of the day because that is so not on it is shocking behavior Absolute shocking behavior, Kahuna. It's, I'm actually stunned yeah. that he would go. And that's why I said, like, for me, I got this whole um, taste in my mouth throughout this episode that they were painting these guys. And I don't want to paint all of them under the same brush because this is very much a Ryan thing as far as we're aware. But they were painting them as these underdogs. But Ryan was attacking them very personally throughout this whole thing. They were attacking, like, personally, like, they're bad people. How dare they bully us? You know, this kind of stuff. Yeah, like, and then hey, pulls out that shit. That's, not like, I, I don't like as well because, obviously, the show is old. If they knew what he's done and gone to this, I get, okay, he got eliminated in this episode, so, therefore, it wasn't something they had to worry about going forward. But retroactively, he should have got a purple edit. He should have yeah. got, like... The D edit, like that was horrible. If that, if that's real, but they painted him to be this lovable larrikin, like ah, uh, he's he's fine. This is the downfall episode, and maybe that's part of it. But mm. previously, he was like, oh yeah, he's an underdog, but he, he's a funny Aussie guy. You know what I mean? Like the first episode, I think they played that bit up where he was in a speedo, 
pulling it up with a wedgie and kind of walking around the backyard. And he was he was the character, right? He's got the mullet. He's got the stash. He's stolen from Johnny. Um, but if that's the kind of behavior that's going behind the scenes off camera, then he shouldn't be on camera. Yeah. And, and what's shocking to me is that, you know, um, I don't know the logistics of putting a production like this together, right? So I don't know the thinking that goes behind this and trying to make sure that the show is successful and there's enough episodes for people to enjoy. But they saved this person when this shit was going on. They saved that person. They chose to save that person. I would have been okay with having two non-elimination votes get this person out of the thing do whatever you need to do from there onwards but cut your losses because Bryony does end up visiting the house and i have a better understanding why brooke j in her confessional said i feel like someone's going to get removed from the game now because nothing happened mm. and at that point i was like we've seen way worse happen on the actual challenge than people just puffing their chest yeah, having a bit of true. a go at each other and i was like no nah, this is not enough but Clearly, Brooke J was talking out of concern for some of the other crap that was going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I didn't even put two and together. But when you put when you have that that inside knowledge, so another great instance for at Chris advertising his 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 knowledge here and what he what he does for this show uh, is go the extra mile and look for those extra things, and it just adds so much flavor to the show. And when you just get it, you go, oh shit, like yeah, that makes perfect sense. Why Bryony? it did sort of seem a lot more bigger than what they showed us. Yeah. So disappointing. Um, you know, Connor, if you're still in the live, would love to talk to you, even if it's not through the official channels and, and that even if the season's done, cause I've got limited amounts of people, I think slots that I can talk to people according to what I've seen for the next two weeks, but would love to chat to you regardless about your time on the show. And I hope that this didn't um, completely put a bad spin on your experience out there because um, it's been an interesting show for Connor as well, Connor, because I felt like he was being targeted right from the start, right? He's always been it the was. scapegoat person that everybody's been targeting from the start. And then you add this on top of it as well. It's just, it's just not on. Well, yeah. I mean, considering what he's gone through, he had a daily in elimination. And then of course we come to the next daily as well, which turned out to be a big, big showing as well for Ryan. So, um, but not Ryan, sorry. It, it ended up being a big showing for, was it Brooke and Troy? Troy. Brooke and Troy, yeah. Yeah, Brooke but and Troy Connor, this one, yeah. But Connor coming into this, considering what he was going through, showing that he had, what, daily elimination than daily, was it? Yeah, I believe two dailies and an elimination, elimination. win at this point. Yeah. I mean, when we're talking about six episodes in, that's a pretty good record as far as any season goes. If he were on an American season at the moment, the vets would probably be talking about who's Rookie of the Year. And when you're throwing out those kind of numbers, it's hard to argue with at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very it's very hard to to argue with that. And I think that Connor would be one of the first people to come back if there was a season two, which we don't know if that's going to happen based on the numbers and how things have gone. But at this point, yeah, very sad to see this. But let's let's move on from this a little bit. I see Lovable Nikki is also absolutely shocked. Uh, that's probably the most shocked I've been doing a live, just to to have that confirmed, because I was very much uncertain how much truth was yeah, wow. to that when I when I read that out. But you know, looking at this daily 
slash nightly challenge that they had to do in this um, specific um, instance. Again, one of the reasons I like seeing new people do the challenge kahuna is because they're legitimately everything for them is a new experience. So for yeah. to see them go through this thing where they have to wake up in the middle of the night or not wake up, but go into a bus, it's dark. They have to drive to get to this thing that they're going to go do. And to do this challenge out in the cold, we've seen it on the Challenge USA before. I loved it on the Challenge USA. It was the last challenge before they went to the finale, I believe in that yeah. season um it was great to see new people experience it and to see how they would tackle this challenge that we've seen play out before and it was one of my favorites for the challenge usa as well it's such a brutal challenge as well like what is it it's it's like a 300 meter swim and a kilometered run every time they need it's to drop called getting off. tired getting like, tired oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah um it, it does feel like the the I mean, it was two hours, which is, is a long time, but it does feel that this is the type of challenge that they would do as a mini challenge before the, the final. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that's the vibe they're going for or whatever, but that's the type of feel that it has is they would do these like mini final type of challenge events before the final itself. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I liked it as well. Like I liked the one in the USA, but this was a great one as well. I thought... I, I don't know. It was interesting. Like the way they made the decision as to how long you stay on a obstacle to get that tire, which ones are worth. And that strategy is going to be worth a lot too, because like, I think it was the bottle throwing one was only worth five points. Yeah. It seemed like that would be really hard. Whereas the puzzle was 20, which should be a lot harder. Obviously I don't know. Cause I wasn't there, but Connor made the decision earlier as not nah, too hard. Let's go to another one. And it's interesting because you're giving, free roam to them to decide and pick and choose and, and and really this is where brains and strategy comes in do you spend more time on the 20 or try to get more tokens or whatever the case may be and see how that plays out at the end i thought it was fascinating yeah it's interesting i mean the, the one thing i thought of when i saw this play out obviously emily being an absolute gun at the swimming portion of this. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why production was like, we just need to get Emily to this point in the game where she can do the swimming challenge because that's like why they invested in getting her onto the show. And she absolutely kills it in the swimming portion. Um, but they get onto the shore um, and the bedroom alliance, they go and get to the 20 points first, similar to how Tyson... And Angela, I believe, got there first in the Challenge USA, and they both stayed, or Angela stayed there for way too long. Um, I would have thought that if these contestants watched the Challenge USA, which I think maybe they didn't see it to that, I think they only saw like the first half of it before they had to go out there themselves, mm. um, they would have known that you need to switch it up if the first one takes too long, because there's a lot of running to be done um, out there. Overall, Sugar told me in the exit press that it took, I think, about two hours for them to complete this challenge, um, and it just shows you how long they must have stayed, maybe like 40 minutes on that first one for 20 points before they decided to move on when there were so much more other things they could do yeah. to get some points. And um, the one thing that I found very interesting as they were doing this challenge, Connor spoke a little bit about his ace in his pocket in the game. Um, he's trying to work very closely with the Batchy Alliance. So, I mean, at some point he needed to make a decision and, and I was even questioning, like, wh why is Connor going in the direction he did, like, maybe, like, two rounds ago when he – I remember when he put people in, and I was like, why is he not going for the Batchy direct? And you said, well, he was kind of – I think he needed to make a decision. Where do I go? Which one of these power alliances do I go? And one of them clearly are not people who want to work with me or respect me. I'm going to go work with the other group. But he had Brooke J in his pocket as an ace. So this is the first time that we get to hear that Connor and Brooke are actually working strategically together as well. But we just haven't seen a lot of that – on our screens, which I'm very gutted about because I'd love to see 
what they're thinking at this point, sort of riding this middle ground out with the likes of like a Mali and a Troy. I don't think we've seen enough of Brook J period. Like <laughs> there's probably, yeah, there's probably so much going on and she's electric on TV, but again, it's the Batchy Alliance. It's that drama. It's bedroom versus Batch and everyone else, whether they're laying low intentionally or because they're just not shining as bright with the TV spotlights kind of like shining, but they they are they they're not getting that shot and i don't know i don't know what is going on behind the scenes it's it, it is good that connor would say something like that but you're right i wish we saw what some of those conversations would look like yeah well it's going to pay off dividends because at the end of this troy and brooke jay you know this is but this is really boding well for them and and i kind of put down here one of the things is and i highlighted this one here in green for me in my notes is troy seems to be a real <laughs> secret weapon on puzzles because you know brooke's not bad in puzzles but troy has now yeah. won a daily twice with puzzles and he's really good at those with the physical things that he's doing as well so i feel like he's a bit of a, a sleeping underdog at this stage that people are not seeing as a threat because he's not physically big and he doesn't look imposing so gonna like people are not going to be scared potentially of going against them in a physical elimination but clearly he's got the athleticism and the smarts and we also know that running a final is very different to winning eliminations even out there and i feel like troy could be very dangerous because he just won with brooke jay who i also think is going to be very dangerous if they don't get rid of her they just won a mini final yeah absolutely and, and i mean they were both troy was my a pick early on but he he's seemingly yeah packaging all of that together while still somehow flying under the radar and it could very well be because like we said, we, we harp on about it so many times, but that Bachelor Alliance and even the Bedroom Alliance are not a strategic background, so they're not looking for the 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 people that are laying low. They, they've got their eyes set. There's an enemy in front of me, and I'm going to destroy them. And everyone else around them, I don't even know. It's not like they're, 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 they're collateral damage. They're just not even in my peripheral. They're not even, like, playing a part of it. And I yeah. think Marley and Troy and Brooke Jay are happy to be that way. Let me. I get think to the that end. Um, they're they're playing a, a very dangerous undercover game. If they're there when it comes to the final, and they can just beat, and I think that's what they're banking on. They're banking on they can take one or two of these batchy teams out and then make their way into a final uh, scenario. And you know, at this point. They've got a struggling Kiki in the game because she hurt her back in this episode as well. And yeah. the next day when she was walking around, she could barely walk straight. So I feel like they've got one person at least in that Batchy Alliance where Brooke wouldn't fear going against Kiki uh, in the later stages of the game unless that back injury can recover in time. Yeah, Kiki was was not looking good. Was it Emily? Was, that was, I think it was Emily saying yeah. that Kiki looks so bad that if if I get eliminated and then find out she got medic medivac next week then i'm going to be pissed off and it's it's always interesting like you see the people that are injured and try to hold on and yeah. eventually tj comes knocking and says oh, you gotta go or jeff comes on a boat and says you gotta go and they're all devastated but in a game like that like if you're injured how do you recover yeah. Because you got to do yeah. another challenge in like 48 hours or whatever the case may be, you know? Yeah. One of the questions I've never asked the contestants, which I, I kind of wish I did now, is like, how much time is there between 
these daily challenges and eliminations. Do you like do a daily challenge? The next day you go into an elimination and the day straight after that you do a challenge again? Because that's a pretty crazy schedule to work towards when you're doing this physically demanding um, activities. And especially mm. for people that are not used to it, um, it will it'll definitely wear you down after a while. And I'd be very interested to see how Kiki is going to manage that injury going through the game now and if she can bounce back from that or if we do see a medical um you know disqualification closer to the end if there is one i just hope it's before the final and it's not like the challenge usa where we saw ben get medically evacked you know because he injured himself prior to that and then couldn't finish the the final and that put all the women at a disadvantage having to do different things on their own and ultimately i still you know i know lovable nikki is not going to agree with me here i kind of feel like that angela got the raw end of the deal didn't like how she reacted to it but i mean she was clearly the performer that season on the challenge usa and she ended up getting a very difficult challenge to do on her own so i didn't like that and i hope we don't see history repeat itself in that sense but at the deliberation here, Grant makes his case to Troy and Brooke J. He's trying to pitch the whole thing about Kiki being injured. Do you really want to get partnered with her? Yada, yada. I mean, Troy and Brooke, they were never going to listen to them at this stage. Brooke wants revenge for Brooke B. Brooke B and also Brooke J is also close to Connor. You can't imagine that, you know, with all the stuff that we found out was happening behind the scenes, that Brooke J was going to go any other way but to put the bedroom alliance against each other. It was the way it was intended from the get-go, right? That's how they planned it. Um, and it just so happened that they they also came last, so it worked out well. But, um, yeah, I, I like how Brooke was just straight up about it as well. It's like, yeah, we got no other options, really. Like, we're just going to put them straight. Like, there's no talking around it. There's no negotiations. It's going to be Sugar and Ryan, no matter what. Yeah. Lovable Nikki. I knew she would react to this. She's like, what? With three question marks angela cannot decide what checkpoint not to do chris um yeah maybe we should wait for the next uh, great debate on um angel cake's channel at lovable nikki I'll, I'll i'll go to bat for angela and I, I, listen i get it i get the counter arguments both ways on that one but i still felt bad for her she dominated that season to a massive degree um and i just didn't like how it played out but ultimately here on this season we do see troy and brooke choose ryan and sugar to go in that means now that we've got um, the the alliance all going against each other here, and we learn that it's going to be a physical one. Finally, which means finally a physical one. We've been asking for, it for so long, you know, and they have to run with a ball in the circle, put it into the end goal area in the middle, and they both get times to attack and defend. What did you think of Ryan's physical capabilities? Because he spoke a big game earlier about being this guy that's very physical. Um, was it just the case? Because I felt like Grant just manhandled him. I mean, Grant's a big dude, man. He's a he's a yeah. big guy. Listen, he'd manhandle me. I know for a fact I couldn't. If Ryan. if Ryan if Ryan really did bust his shoulder, like dislocate his shoulder on the first hit, yeah, like kudos to him. That's freaking hard. Like that's he had no shot. Like zero 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 point zero 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 shot. The only way he would be able to win that with a dislocated shoulder is if Ryan hurt himself even worse. Yeah, like somehow tripped over and hit his head on the freaking bucket when trying to slam the ball in or whatever, you know, like, or he sprained his shoulder while throwing Ryan away, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, the like, once he dislocated, his, I don't think he had a shot anyway, but once he said he's done his shoulder, like, it was, it was over, there was, there was no yeah. chance, he probably would have lost regardless, but I think he would have, I, I, he put up nothing, like, he, it was nothing. a nothing, nothing, 3-0. 
Oh, yeah, but also even the ones where I feel like, like it was four nil because obviously they end up going to a tiebreaker. Grant has tie to go, yeah. and Ryan has to go out there again. I I've said it many times before. I know this is the challenge. That's how it works. When it's a one v one situation, don't be afraid to split up the pairs. Let the best people stay in the game. That's how I feel about yeah. that. It sucked seeing Sugar, Good you time. know, beat Emily, an Olympian, yep. and yes, she's a boxer, so people will be like, yeah, she was supposed. Believe me, a weight difference of that caliber and a size difference matters. And I can say this because I've competed in karate In karate. There's also white divisions for a reason because size does matter. And sugar had the technique. It's still impressive to see her beat Emily. Really interesting that you, in the exit interview, she said she actually trained to do a bit of wrestling and mm. getting her weight on the right, you know, controlling weights and bodies and that sort of thing, which, played out perfectly like and it's true like even in karate what you learn and and karate is not uh, it's not supposed to be for wrestling right but you do know how to bring someone to the ground or how to throw them and how to use their own body weight against them there's a way and how the body moves it's about not fighting against the other person's body but it's allowing their energy or their momentum to be used in a way where you can manipulate it and turn them around and um, that's what she would have learned through wrestling and having that experience in martial arts or boxing and knowing what it feels like to be in an arena where you're 1v1 with someone else all those things came into play and gave sugar the upper hand but i was sad to see sugar go we haven't spoken much about sugar this week i mean she was lovely to talk to even in the exit interview that i did i felt really, really bad for her because she just she just seems like a great person and you could see even the people when she left they were all applauding her and saying you know well done good effort because the hatred or the no i wouldn't say hatred but the dislike for what was going on wasn't aimed at sugar and she was just unfortunate to fall with the wrong group yeah she's just on the wrong side but i don't think she was an active participant no, uh, either way so. in receiving or giving um, but she she put up it like Emily's tall, like she's huge. It was, it was a big difference, um, and it, yeah, it does suck on pairs when you like she did her bit. Her partner let her down, and she gets you know dragged down with them. So it's always a shame, but that's that's the challenge, man. Mm. It's not as bad as when someone gets disqualified and then the partner's gone anyway. Like <laughs> not even because of a challenge or whatever. So at least she got to throw it, you know, throw a hat in the ring, and. As much as it sucks to see it go, this is a culmination of just being on the wrong side. The strategy played out. You drew your lines. You picked your team. You made your friends. And unfortunately, they're losing out. Yeah. Um. So looking at this, they do have Grant and Emily staying in the game. They're saying that it's bittersweet because they don't have any friends left in the game. They now have a massive hill to climb. There is still an opportunity for Grant and Emily to redeem themselves and become lovable underdogs. But I would say I'm leaning towards the fact that, especially Emily, shes I think she's only got one gear and things are not going her way. She's probably going to go on a rampage. I'm hoping Grant can pull his head in because Grant is paired with Brooke J in next round. And I'm very fearful for Brooke. Because Brooke J, I hate the algorithm, she said. They always yeah. either love or hate the algorithm. Like, listen, if Grant's the reason that Brooke J goes home, it's not going to turn around for me on Grant. I'm not going to be supporting him going forward. <laughs> I'm not going to become a Grant yeah, fan. Exactly. Because Brooke J is like, exactly. like the last survivor in the game. Um, and, and I'm really shouting for her to go all the way and win this thing. So I'd be very upset if he does end up costing her her game. And I think there's a big chance for that because Grant's got a target on their back. And I don't think the Batchier lines, like they may have Brooks back to a certain degree, but how much do they have Brooks back? That's what I'm worried about. 
No, they yeah they win. The only thing she's got to be hoping they win the, the daily. Yeah, and she's yeah, always but... got a shot at it too. So. And then one of one thing I want to see is how does Grant work with Brooke? Because Brooke's a stronger personality than Brooke B. So maybe she gives it back to Grant a little bit. So if Grant does then work really well with Brooke J, maybe it is a fact of Brooke B not being being too passive. Maybe Grant doesn't have an issue with Brooke because Brooke J is someone that is really, you know, she she wants to win. She's a yeah, winner. she's going for it. She's definitely she's going, going for it. And, and she gives that vibe to everyone, I think. They yeah. all know it. They all see it. So uh, maybe, hopefully, but she can also carry a bit more weight than Brooke B as well in the challenge. So depending on what it is, I mean, anytime you've got Brooke J in a challenge and Grant is no slouch himself, he's not, Yeah, he's probably not the best, but he's certainly not the weakest competitor. They've got a shot. They've got a shot at winning the daily and that's what she needs to count on, unfortunately. Now, lastly, um, the other sort of pair that is going to be of interest next week is going to be Marley and Emily. And I think that's a very strong pair. Marley and Emily being together, there is all the likelihood in the world that they could pull out a win. Emily has won before. Marley hasn't. And it would make for an interesting scenario because can Marley truly play the middle ground if he wins with Emily? Because Emily's going to want to take shots at Batchy, and I don't know if Marley will want to do that. Well, we were talking before about numbers, right? And wanting to get rid of the bedroom alliance completely. But now at this stage with the Batchy alliance, and you've you have got... to take a shot. You have to, right? If if Marley and Troy and Brooke and who's not in the Batchy? Like, I guess maybe a Connor, but he's pretty close to them. But if they can pull in Grant and Emily, now they've got six hmm. to go up against the Bachelors. What have they got, like five or something? I don't even know the numbers left now. Yeah, well, how many people are left in the game? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six six men and six women left in the game so there is going to be two more eliminations yeah so two more eliminations next week and then the week after that will will be the finale with four men and four women going up against each other if it was survivor this is when you'd start trying to look to make a flip like to try to get a flip you're gonna have to yeah you have to at some point yeah the only difference is like emily like depending on who she's she's partnered with she could go you know what like I look across these women, put me in the arena. I don't care. Like she might, yeah. like she could get through by winning her way. She could, you know, what was that guy's name? Mike, a survivor, yeah. um, blue collar, Mike white collar. Way, yeah. yeah, Mike. Like he just won his way into, like he won every challenge, like every immunity idol to get there, kind of thing. Like he won through, and maybe yeah. someone like Emily could go on a on a route like that and not worry about the politics and not worry about voted in. If you send me in, I'm coming back, right? But the other guys, they should be looking now is the time. If they want to be able to get a shot at this batchy crew, you need to be able to take it at some point. If there's only two more eliminations, what are you going to do? Yeah, no, I'm in agreement with you. It's going to be interesting, Kahuna. We're going to have to see what happens over the next week. You know, we're very close to the pointy end now. For those that are watching it in Australia and following it live, uh, we did talk about it a little bit in the beginning of this podcast. Just remember, everything has moved an hour later, so it's now 8.30 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. for the two episodes that are going to happen. Let's hope that we don't see another decrease. I don't know where you can go from 70,000 people watching the last episode. Um, it's not that much further down to the bottom, uh, but we're going to be, myself and Kahuna, we're going to be riding this thing until the wheels come off at the end. We're going to continue to watch it. We're going to continue to give you guys comments and... Right um, into the ground. Right into the <laughs> ground, you know, and... <laughs> 
Yeah, I we're, mean, like we're, we're we're playing the playing the violin on the deck of the Titanic. Yeah, I, I'm in it because Kahuna. I want to see who makes it to the global showpiece. I want to see who from the Australian crew are we going to shout for going into the global showpiece. Yeah. And um, not much information as far as I'm aware on any of the other international versions of the show yet. So no, I haven't but... heard much about Argentina and the UK yet, but I do know that they're already filming from my understanding the global showpiece right now so which means uk um, and argentina is done right so they should be probably airing soon we didn't get much notification for channel 10 the challenge so yeah yeah thank you lovable nikki enjoy your day over there i hope you have a great day and we'll be talking soon hopefully um i see you in the amazing race with myself and michelle talk about that tomorrow evening so what's coming up on the channel we've got amazing race content might as well segue into that coming up tomorrow night it's going to be a live stream around the same time with michelle as we talk about episode 10 for the amazing race episode uh, season 34 and then on this weekend we're going to be joined by a special guest for Survivor. Um, we're going to be the third special guest for the week. We're going to have Coach Drew from Survivor Hot Takes on with us to talk about yeah. this latest episode of Survivor. Uh, don't spoil anything for me, Kahuna, or anybody in the live. I have not watched Survivor yet. I've not watched The Amazing Race yet. I'm going to go catch up on all of that now um, after this. But Kahuna, what do you have going on on Kahuna TV at the moment? Are you starting to stream again? Or should zero, I keep putting... Zero. I'm going to continue to put... I'm going to continue <laughs> to put like public pressure on you until you get back on there and doing something. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. I need it. I need it. i got to work out some stuff. I need... I need time, like doing work and all that sort of thing. But um, with Christmas break you. coming up, I'm going to like, because I'm the type of nerd, right, that I'm like, I'm going to try this thing. But if, you're, if I need to do this, I want to redo my graphics. I want to redo this. I want to have, and I, I want to get stuff done before I go, ta-da. Um, and sometimes that just stops you from doing it at all. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Hi, Zudaman. Welcome to the live stream. Zuda. Just ending now, so you're just getting in on the end. But great thing here is we've had an hour and nine minutes of some content. So rewatch it whenever you get a chance and message me and let me know what you thought about it and leave a comment below. Everybody that has watched and listened up to this point, thank you so much. Uh, please consider subscribing to the channel. It is really the only way for this channel to continue to grow um, and get more, I guess, reputable within the community so we can get better and better guests on the show consistently um, and add additional content. I'm so excited. We're nearly at the end of my first year of running the Nullified Take channel. I'm excited what for what's going to come. What a year, man. What a year. Wow. What a year! Congratulations, Chris. Kudos, man. Kudos. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been it's been a blast. I've really enjoyed doing it. I love the community. I love engaging with people about these different shows that we all love. Um, and I'm planning on doing it for a long time. So if you're worried that I'm gonna you know turn away, I'm about 160 episodes in on YouTube and about 110 episodes on the audio platform. So I'm telling you now, it's not going anywhere soon. We're gonna continue to add to it. Uh, but consider subscribing. Consider liking and commenting below. I do read all of the comments. And thank you so much for being here. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. See ya.